Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tyron Woodley versus Nate Diaz, something that Sean Ross Sapp brought up during our last episode of the Holy Smokes podcast. Hey, something's going on here. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, Cyborg versus Holm is officially booked. Cyborg gets a new contract. We're going to discuss that. Shorty Torres, main event at Titan FC 46. Bold statement, made it very, very clear to the UFC brass. What else do I need to do to get into the UFC? We'll talk about Shorty uh, as well. Covington, Verdum, Boomerangs. Kamara Usman, Darren Till, Jorge Masvidal. What is going on in the UFC these days? Uh, lots of exclusives here at Fightful. Sean will get into that for sure. Uh, Katzingano is back. One of my favorite fighters uh, in mixed martial arts. Uh, I know you crazy guys because of her beauty. She's a great fighter. I think she's a fantastic fighter. Yes, she's beautiful, uh, but we'll get to that as well. And Rashad Evans does not want to retire guy just wants a win one more win at least one more win so he's going back to the division where he once reigned supreme at 205 pounds sean what do you want to start with god there's so much well, let's put a bow on this ufc fight night sydney uh actually yeah yeah we'll do that this show joe i did a, a quick video afterwards we had nxt takeover war games that night and uh, you were getting your bearings back underneath you. I didn't want to be like, Joe, make sure you're home in time to cover UFC Sydney. And it's a good thing I didn't, Joe, because this was the longest UFC show, 13 fights ever. And it wasn't that great. I mean, there were some okay competitive fights and stuff, but man, it's just, it just wasn't a great show. It just, there was a, a quick little run of about three fights that ended in finish. Fabricio Verdum did what he had to do to put himself out there and get a victory, but ugh, ugh, not a good show. There were some good fights, per se, but not a show that we saw like the week before where it was just craziness, nonstop action, blah, blah. I, I, I like the Camacho-Brown fight. Uh, obviously, Tetovusa, yeah, Tetovusa's, uh, you know, victory and post-fight interview was was sort of fantastic. Nick Lentz pulling off that victory versus Will Brooks, That's that says a lot. I mean, Nick Lentz, people are starting to write him off. People expected so much more of Will Brooks. Nick Lentz takes him out, former teammate at ATT, and then calls out everybody at ATT. What about everybody missing weight on this show? All the people that missed weight. 
Uh, Nadia, the, uh, she's probably moving up to 125 pounds, but while that was not a good technical fight, as I said on the, the little post show, she showed a lot of heart in that fight. And that's something that you can't really teach. You can't really acquire heart. It's something that you go in there with. Frank Camacho, Damian Brown was great. Uh, the cheap skates, the UFC, just giving Damian Brown 50000 even though Camacho was like, hey, I know I'm not eligible because I missed weight. Give him my extra fifty. Because Camacho realizes he was given an advantage by missing weight. You had a couple of good finishes. Elias got a win. Good for him. Bilal Muhammad got a win over Tim Means. That's a big one. Uh, called out Colby Covington, which if you guys kept it locked to Fightful.com, you would have seen him calling him out uh, quite sooner. Jake Matthews got a win. He's he, Welterweight is the place for him to be. That's just the right place. Eric Shelton gets a win. And at flyweight, if you can get a win... That you never know how far you are from a title shot in that division. Uh, Jessica Rose Clark thinks that she is pretty close to a title shot, but I, you know, I, I don't think so. When you miss weight, that that doesn't put you in the in the conversation. Doom did what he had to do, so I mean, man, there's there are a lot of people who. I'm sure the UFC wanted to get wins and stuff that either didn't or did and missed weight. So, man, this was just wasn't that smooth. Wasn't that smooth. Do you think Jake Matthews actually won that fight versus Bohan Vilkovic? Because I kind of gave it to Bohan. It was close. Three straight split decisions, back to back to back. Yeah, even Bilal's fight could have went either way. I know it was a split decision. I think Tim Means, I love the way Tim Means strikes. I absolutely yeah, have always liked it, man. The Dirty Bird always brings it. And I just like that type of style. Surprising it didn't work very well against Bilal. I thought it would, but good for Muhammad for emerging victorious. Uh, Jesse, Jessica Rose Clark, a.k.a. Jesse Jess, I called her fight in Titan. Um, and, and for some reason, it didn't register that she was competing on the show versus Beck Rawlings. Uh, I know it was a short-notice fight. Um, but good for her. I know she missed weight. Uh, she does want that second opportunity to, to come back to the division. Um, she'll make weight. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind yeah. she'll make the weight. Um, I thought she looked pretty good. I, I enjoyed that fight pretty well. Uh, the Verdum-Tibura fight, I missed the last two or three rounds because my PBR did not record it. It ended <laughs> right at the time when the show was supposed to end, and I always leave half an hour extra. For some reason, I did not, uh, as I had to go to a family gathering after I flew back, dead tired from uh, Titan. <clears throat> so, based on all accounts, I know Fabrizio did a good job in, in, in doing what he had to do. Kudos to Tibura for, for staying in there for 25 minutes, but Verdum did what, you know, He's going to emerge victorious. I like the Benoit fight, despite the fact that he's 129 pounds. Uh, it, it, that was a difficult fight for Ryan. I mean, Ashcan was was doing a lot of running to the point where the fans turned on him. They were bo- not yeah. booing him, but they were just kind of like, dude, what are you doing? And then eventually he got caught, and good on Benoit. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Jessica Rose Clark, she did take this fight on like two weeks' notice, but she has had trouble making weight before. She had a fight overturned in Japan because she missed weight, and it's just so funny that they do that over there, that they're like... Hey, you can fight, but the best you'll get is a no contest, and we'll overturn it. That's so, so goofy. Yeah, man, this this show just you got you got to imagine me too, Joe, because in the middle of this, I was watching. I had to cover that NXT Takeover War Game show, and people were asking me, "Are you going to do a post show? Are you going to do a post show?" And I'm like, "No, there's no way I'll be able to. Everything will be kind of synced up." And this NXT show ended at ten. I ended the podcast at or ten thirty. I ended the podcast at eleven thirty. There were still three fights left on the show, huh. so I there you know there I was at one thirty in the morning and 
I was like, there's no excuse for me to not do this little post show, this wrap up. The pacing of this is just brutal, man. Like, fights can be competitive and good, but if all of them are like going to decisions and it's paced like this, oh, oh, man. This well, this is the type of show that you and I always joke about, and uh, it's those those what's up messages that I send you on a Saturday night as I'm heading home from a whatever get together. Uh, like, don't spoil fights for me, but I'm gonna c- come home and catch up right now. And usually, if I get a smile from you or something, you, or, or you'll give me like tips, don't watch this one, don't watch that one. And then by the time I get home, I'm like, well, how much time do I have left before I catch up to the live broadcast? And then I see decision. Decision, decision. I'm like, I'm never going to catch up. It's impossible to catch up. So there's times when I can't watch the show from the very beginning and not able to see it live. And then when I come home, I want to catch up and get, you know, then get on social media and start tweeting and blah, blah, blah. This would have been a nightmare for me if I had to come back because I actually had family gathering. We've had some bad news uh, come uh, to my immediate family. So we had to get together with some family to take care, just support some uh, some people. And then come home and i'm like i can't watch this right now like what's going on here this is insane so i ended up watching it on sunday uh and i was like i give myself two hours to watch a ufc show there was no two hours to watch this ufc show to dedicate my whole day pretty much yeah it's just man the pacing's got to be better pacing's got to be better um hawani is saying rivera versus lenniker for 219 that was the right move to make Mm -hmm. that is that is the right person to slide in there. And then when you hear, like, Marlon Marias is stepping in, I think in Fresno or something, then you kind of know that they have somebody in line for Rivera because otherwise they would have slid Marlon Marias right in there. But Rivera versus Lineker, hell of a replacement bout if being that Dominic Cruz can't make it. That wasn't the only fight added to UFC 219. Mm-hmm. Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm, now... Should this have just a little more to it? Sure. Because the end of the year card, I know they want it to be a big, giant card. This is a great fight. This is a an awesome fight. This is a dream fight to me. As somebody who, you know, I kept my eye on Holly Holm as she was preparing for Ronda Rousey. I've said it on this show a million times. I said it on the shows that I did elsewhere before Holly Holm fought Ronda Rousey. She spent her entire career practicing for Ronda Rousey. Like her entire MMA career. You can go back and watch it in her old fights, in her early fights, when there were people that she would absolutely have wrecked in the clinch. And if they tried to tie up with her, she would get out because she. it's almost like her pro fights were exhibitions in preparation for Ronda Rousey. Now in the past couple of years, you've seen Chris Cyborg really change up her game because it's almost like she had started to prepare for Ronda Rousey too. She had started to compete as if she wanted to stay out of the clinch, because that's something that that Cyborg would do a lot. She would get in clinch range, and she would try to throw, and to anybody else, no big deal. But to Ronda Rousey, that would have caused issues. I'm super excited to see how those two, and that preparation in particular, factors into a fight between these two, Joe, because two years ago I would have said, okay, Holly Holm's going to be able to keep the distance fairly easy, dance around her. That ain't the case anymore. Chris Cyborg really shored up that part of her game, and she strikes with power at range, and that's awesome. That's really awesome to be able to have that because if you get a, if you can cut a Holly Holm off, put her up against the cage, and unleash some power shots, ooh, that's just such a good fight, Joe. Such a good I think, fight. I, I think you're right. I think Cyborg is going to – it's usually Holly that generally is the counterfighter. 
Uh, I think the moment she gets aggressive, I think Cyber is going to be right in her face launching combinations. Uh, this one has the potential to be super exciting. Uh, and I think it's really going to test Holly in a different way. Um, not in a way where in her boxing career and her kickboxing career, it's the threat of someone like Cyborg who's going to come in there with so much power, launch that power, and then be careful because if this fight hits the ground, there, there's no stopping, right? So you're going to get probably punched and taken down and, and whatnot, and Cyborg is going to do whatever she can to try and finish her. Uh, I love the fact that Holly Holm is such a great counterfighter, uh, uses her legs very, very well in terms of range, uh, but th- the whole ki and the whole almost – you see it before it's coming. Do you know what I'm saying, Sean? It's one of those yeah. things where it's like Cyborg's going to be ready for that. But it's MMA, man. Anything can happen. It's 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 going to be a wonderful fight. Looking forward to it. These two are going to throw down, and you know who knows what's going to happen. Can Holly Holm add a second belt uh, to her UFC career uh, in terms of tenure? And can I guess Cyborg just eliminate Holly Holm from all this? And Chris Cyborg has a new contract. Now, how long do you think before we get the the cyborg complaint? I'm guessing we get at least some lead by the end of the show. Fight. By the end of the show. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll go head over to her Twitter right now just to check. But that's a good fight, man. I you know this is and in particular here's the thing, Joe. A lot of people, sixty percent of the media and the fans, based on MMADecisions.com, had Holly Holm beating Jermaine Durandamy. I had it 51%, 50% Durandamy, but if you would have given that fight to home, I would not have been upset. So by all means, this quote-unquote the real featherweight championship fight. And what's happening with Jermaine Durandamy right now? She had a fight, got a fight, no longer fighting. It is amazing to me that last year, in 2016, she was the only person calling Chris Cyborg's name. She was the only person saying, give me Cyborg, I want her. She had agreed to a fight with Cyborg uh, last year, uh, agreed to it, I think, twice. And then all of a sudden this year comes around and she wants nothing to do with it. It's weird, man. It's weird. That's the type of thing I expect out of Chris Cyborg, not out of Jermaine Durandamy. But now, like, imagine trying to put together a fight between those two. That's a nightmare. I don't know if that's up to Sean Shelby or Mick Maynard, whichever one. But I bet them trying to put that fight together earlier this year just kept them up at night. Yeah, just no doubt. Matter. I mean, it's – it's. I don't get this GDR thing, man. I really don't. I don't understand what it's all about. I don't get it. It's just – it's very, very strange to me. And here's what it is. Guys, girls, don't forget, top right of your screen if you're watching on the YouTube page, live chat. Feel free to post your comments, questions, concerns. Uh, and Sean and I, or at least I will – I know I will. Sean does as well. We'll take a look and we'll see if we can address uh, anything you guys and girls uh, want to talk about because there's still so much to talk about um, in general. Uh, sticking with the UFC Sydney situation, uh, I'd like to talk about boomerangs if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, man. I did what a news is... update video on that. YouTube.com <laughs> slash Fightful, you guys. Yeah. By the way, to get the plugs out of the way, head over to Fightful.com. Forums, photos, videos, podcasts, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. You can get sweet Fightful t-shirts. But, yeah, man. A boomerang. Like, okay, so we have an Australian in Anna Bauer that works for us. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Anna, can you break down this boomerang attack in Australia? And she was like, what? <laughs> uh. 
And then I then I started to think like, what would it be? What would the attack be if it were in Toronto, Joe? What item would he have used? For hockey Rico? stick. A hockey stick. In Kentucky, it would have been like, like an empty bottle of bourbon, maybe. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm just thinking geographically, how would that vary based on where we are? So Fabricio Verdum sees Colby Covington and they get into it and it looks it doesn't look like Verdum is trying to hit throw a boomerang at him. It looks like he swung at him and the boomerang just happened to fly out of his hand. Which is so funny that it connected. Then Colby Covington, who by all indications was in the right, at least in that situation then starts dropping sexual slurs and stuff. And, you know, I got all these people that are justifying it, and they'll say, SJWs and all this dumb shit. I'm like, guys, they have a code of conduct to follow. And the UFC has a real problem right now, Joe, and we'll get into it with Volkan Ozdemir. I don't remember, like, a several-month period where so much has happened between sexual slurs, racial slurs, arrests, attacks, misconduct... 2017 in particular, take it all the way back to Chris Cyborg and her punching Angela Magana. Let's talk about all the USADA stuff. So many that the small ones don't even get covered by us on this show anymore. They happen with such regularity. Yeah. Like this is, if, if a week goes by where something like this doesn't happen, man, it's a miracle. I mean, it, at least Bellator only has people die in the cage like once every few years, and they come back to life afterwards, so it's okay. But damn, man, the UFC's got a real, like, behavioral problem here. And, and that, here's another thing you'll get, Joe. Another thing I guarantee you'll get. Well, they fight in the cage. They fight in the cage. They're supposed to act like that. No. 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 <clears throat> no. This behavior issue... Uh, is puzzling to me, um, partially puzzling to me, to be honest with you, because I sit there sometimes and I wonder, are you not smart enough to realize that you cannot do this type of stuff because in this day and age, there are always these things. Sorry, mine's plugged in. These things, okay? Uh, they're always around. They're always recording. They're always available. When you are in public you might as well realize the camera is on you, especially if you are a public figure. If you are a UFC athlete and you are in public, you're not in your hotel room, lock the door, blah, blah, you are being recorded, okay? That's just number one. Actually, that's number two. Number one is why not just realize that you are a public figure, you are a UFC athlete, you need to co conduct yourself in a manner that is, quote-unquote, the way a professional athlete should conduct themselves. These guys doing this kind of stuff back – you know, it doesn't matter who starts it, who doesn't start it, who ends it, blah, blah, blah. You can't act like that, man. It looks bad, and it looks bad on the UFC, and I'm surprised the UFC doesn't get involved and absolutely loses their marbles on these guys, especially with the conduct policy. And what are they doing at the fighter – at the athlete summit? Like are they saying things? I'm sure they are. And if the guys aren't doing it, I mean it's just looking bad. It, again – there's the whole Conor McGregor situation. You know, I, I saw what Matt Sarah said about Conor McGregor calling him an attention whore, and it's 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 one of those things where it's like, do you not understand how you have to behave when you're in public? You know, you and I are, are just you know two guys that have a, a a podcast, and yeah, I had a TV show, and I'm, I'm well known in my parts, but I know when I'm in public, 
Got to behave myself, man. I used to do some dumb, ignorant stuff, and I've said it on the show before. Like, I'll, I'll go to my Facebook on this day, and I'll be like, I said that in 2006. I said that in 2008. Like, I, I clearly wasn't concerned about my future career, just saying some of the things that I said and did. And people can change. People can improve. I, I did that myself. I got better as a person. I'd like to think I'm better as a person. And... That's what you have to strive to do. Now, can Colby Covington go out there and cause some controversy? Yeah, I didn't think what he said oh, yeah. in Sao Paulo was bad at all. I thought that was the Cliff Notes version of every Chael Sonnen promo that we heard for two and a half, three years. And I thought it was good. Good for him. But you, And hey, if you're working a guy like Fabricio Verdum into that, in pro wrestling we call that working into a shoot. Yeah. Where... You get played so hard, it gets real. And Fabrizio Verdum got played so hard that it got real. He got worked into a shoot by Colby Covington. And Colby Covington had that in the bag. He's got people calling him out all the time. Joe, over the past month and a half, that welterweight division that we were like, uh, okay, Woodley can take some time off. You got everybody calling out Darren Teal and Colby Covington now. Everybody. Yep. To the point to where you could have matched those two up, but now... You don't want to because you have so many other people calling them out. Like, why do it? Ah, oh, man. And Verdum is no angel. Like, he, he's in bed with some some shady folks in Russia. And, like, it's... Ooh, man. <laughs> I just... And, and then it always goes back to... We, we used to joke around in the gym back in the day. It's like, what the heck's a heavyweight doing you know, messing around with a welterweight or a flyweight or, or a middleweight, stick to your division. But, so, you know, in the street, it gets ugly, man. And I, I, part of it, the, part of what Colby said in Brazil, calling, the, you know, the, the country and, and the people filthy animals, um, you know, from our perspective, can it be insulting? Of course it can be insulting, but it's more or less like a shoot and he's reacting. I mean, I, I did an interview with Alex Davis, um, who reps pretty much everybody at, at American or ATT, uh, he wasn't happy with what Colby said, but at the same time, he said, look, man, this guy went through a lot with the Brazilian people and the way they treated him. And, you know, out of emotion, he comes out and he says what he says. But you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, there's some things that can get not really lost in translation, but translated completely differently. Where if you say something in English, that doesn't sound that bad. But if you do a direct translation into another language, whether it's Portuguese, Italian, uh, whatever – it could be very, very insulting. So to say something like that could be translated completely different. I could see how the Brazilians would take it the way they did. But it's just it's it's gotten to the point where it's like this guy's crazy, man. Even Masvidal said, "I can't control this guy. This guy's gonna do whatever he wants. He's nuts." Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. And, <laughs> and I, I, you just gotta know better. You just gotta know better. Uh. You know they they weren't the only people to get involved in this in this trash talk. John Jones got involved too. Yeah, Colby Covington, who has brought up John Jones, and I to be honest with you, I thought John Jones absolutely destroyed Colby Covington on social media. Did you see that rant? I saw a bit of it. Uh, I didn't catch it all, I, and I was just like John Jones coming out and talking about this kind of stuff. Okay, and and some of the stuff that that Colby stated. I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. There's stuff that when Chael Sonnen fought John Jones and Chael and I, before we did the interview with Sportsnet, 
was telling me things, and he's like, you can ask me this, you should bring up that, and I'm like, uh-uh, no, no. Well, there, no, there no. are, like, there are clips of audio, apparently, of Donald Cerrone talking about how John Jones partied with strippers and coke and stuff on Xbox Live, like, somebody just knew it was him, and, like, and this was years ago, but... I'm telling you, John Jones rarely gets outwitted. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's just the case. And Colby Covington brought up all this stuff about how they room together. And John Jones posted on Twitter, "Quote: I despise racism. Good job today, Fabricio Verdum. Dude had the audacity to call you a faggot as he's backing up on Facebook Live. Yes, because I've been using your name and in interviews talking about some imaginary college two-year relationship. Thank you so much, brother. You just made me more famous." At the end of the day, brother, I feel sad for you. I couldn't imagine holding that type of animosity in my heart. I understand you're trying to get your followers up. There's nothing wrong with that. Your jealousy and hatred for me is clear as day. The weird thing is, I'm not even sure what I did to you. I haven't seen you in like 11 years. Just wish you'd smash some people in the octagon and become more recognized that way instead. You're making a lot of enemies, brother. All the best. And then he paused for a little while and came back and just said, and tell your mom I said hello. It was great getting to know her that one semester we stayed together. She's a really great human being. All right, now. <laughs> no. In, in the words of Anchorman, leave the mothers out of this. <laughs> but, like, in the way that he did it, like, he didn't insult the mother. He brought it up in a kind way, but it's a backhanded way. Like, John Jones... I like the way you do business. You like I those backhand shots, eh? Well played. Well played. Because you can't say he said something about my mom, like, badly. You can just say he brought him up. But and with Michael Chiesa and Kevin Lee, we've seen that that doesn't always matter. Oh, my God. Dear God. Um, <laughs> at some point, are we looking at Colby Covington and saying – a boy. I mean, You're raising I was, havoc. I was in Sao Paulo. Right? I mean, you, you got to think it's, it may not be great. It may not be good. It may not be clean. But that boy is getting all kinds of headlines, left, right, and center. Yeah, he is, man. Like every single day we got a story about him. And it, Hey, that's good. That's good for for me as a guy who thrives on those – Clickety-clacks. Clickety-clacks. I am I am happy about Colby Covington. Maybe not happy about him throwing out sexual slurs and stuff like that. Have I heard that he is like that? Yeah, I have. I have heard about hey. it over and over again. Okay, hold, hold that thought, though. Hold that thought. Did you see – so you saw the video. Um, who posted it? Okay, the the actual boomerang throw or the boomerang. Yeah, it's on it's on it's on our YouTube. It's on Fightful's YouTube. Yep. I did a update on it. Okay, so you saw that and you saw the demeanor that Colby had. Yeah. What would you judge that demeanor as? Mm. Scared? Worried? Concerned? Worked into a shoot. You think it was worked into a shoot because you mentioned that earlier. Okay. There you go. I think they both were. It was a double work into a shoot. I don't think Colby Covington thought it would get that serious. And I think that Fabricio Verdun got completely worked by it. Like, come on, man. You were around when Chael Sonnen said that stuff. You know the drill. 
You know the drill. For the love of God, Fabricio Verdum's signature, like, facial expression is the troll face. Like, how can yeah. you... Come on, man. No, nope, gotcha. I'm just looking at it. Looking at it from a non-wrestling observer like yourself that knows shoots inside and out, heat inside and out. And I'm looking at this thing, and I'm trying to pay attention because I like to know. I, I think I know a bit about human psychology and body language, which is what I, I'm, I'm, I, I study. I've been studying for two or three years. Um, but you can't be wrong. I mean, there's great actors out there. Do, do you know who Lonzo Ball is? Yeah. Okay. I bust our boy Kyler James's balls all the time. He's our social <laughs> media manager. He's a Lakers fan. I can't say a lot. I'm a Bulls fan, but. Lonzo Ball has been remarkably inconsistent. He's got the loudmouth dad and all that stuff. There was a fight that broke out at the Lakers game the other night. He just walked off. He just walked away. And when they asked him why, he's like, it's the NBA. It's not that serious. I'm not getting a technical or suspended over some stuff that's not even really going to happen. Sometimes you just got to walk away. Sometimes. Or you could be like Angela Magana and double down. Did you see what she posted? No. She posted the Cyborg home <laughs> poster and replaced Cyborg's face with Vanderlei Silva's and said, Wow, Cyborg's looking great these days. Oh, no. <laughs> she doesn't stop. She doesn't stop. She's crazy. Uh, she is a remarkable troll. I'll give her that. <laughs> There's a description. Uh, so go, going back to the Colby situation real quick, uh, and guys, girls in the live chat, we want to get your thoughts. If you've seen the video, what did you think in general, that first video? Because where I'm going with this is from my perspective, I saw a guy, I thought to myself, I just got myself in a lot of trouble here. This is not a good idea when I got a heavyweight like that coming at me and then is able to come around to the other side and then he grabs his phone. Yeah. And he starts going live. That was then the dumbest start- thing, that he said that word yeah, on his own starts, broadcast. Yeah. What a then moron. He starts, he starts going off, calling Verdum this, Verdum that, blah, blah, knowing that Verdum is now not going to do anything because he's being recorded. Because you could see Verdum's demeanor go like, Whoa. okay, phone's on. Now what do I do? So I'm looking at this thing thinking, is it a double work into a shoot? Uh, is it a situation where it's like, yeah, here we go. Now what? Now what are you going to say? And then he's getting all crazy saying what he was saying. Obviously, I can't believe he would drop the, 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 the slurs that he was dropping. I'm like, are you for real? You can't do that, man. Like, have you, like, I don't know, man. It's 2017. Have you not seen the news? Have you not seen what's been happening in the past 10 years? Or not 10 years, maybe five years? You can't say that. I know it's a slur that people use all the time back in the day. I mean, go listen to an NWA song or any you know old school hip hop. The F word, not the F U C K word, but the other word was dropped nonstop all the time. Go listen to the old school, not even old. Yeah, I guess old school reggae, like from the islands. Uh, they, they're saying things like you know you, you hear Verdum saying what he's saying. I mean, it's it's cultural to do one thing, but Colby, you can't say that stuff, man. He's already got that rap. I mean, I had heard that he was like this for, for quite a while. But uh, far from the only trash talk that that emerged out of last week, our boy Elias experienced some trash talk. Now, that here's the thing. Nobody dislikes Elias. Like, it's almost, almost a downfall to a degree because he doesn't have a lot of people saying... Elias Theodoru, I want to fight you for a multitude of reasons. He's got a very awkward style, like 
which is a gift and a curse, Joe, because it's not going to make for great, exciting fights. It seems like he's much more interested in getting that win bonus than he has a performance of the night bonus. But uh, he defeated Dan Kelly, and here's Elias talking about it, and we'll hear from Joe about the trash talk that happened before. Watching the fight, I mean, leg kicks were obviously the, the uh, hors d'oeuvres of the evening. I mean, those things were flying nonstop on your end. How was your leg feeling? Totally fine. Um, I did, uh, it's a little swollen, knees a little banged up or whatever, but to be expected when you throw 109 kicks in a fight. Well, the talent was 109 kicks. That Was that the game plan specifically going in to keep chopping away at his elbows with those knee, with the shin pads or with the shins, excuse me? Uh, yeah, no, 100%. Um, keeping distance was the real important thing. Um, you know, he, as an unorthodox style like myself, but in a different capacity, um, and, uh, you know, it was working. And I kept on going with it. Uh, obviously, going back to the drawing board, there's definitely more I need to add uh, in regards to hands. And, uh, and you know, the knees that I was doing were very effective. So uh, moving forward, I need to add more of those. But, uh, again, I got a win on a very dominant or a very, um, you know, game opponent. And I didn't tap in a very precarious uh, uh, situation. And there was no close – like. Again, one of the things I, I needed to learn from the Tavares fight was I'm a little too comfortable giving up my back in some regards. Uh, Faraz calls me an escape artist. I, in many ways, am like Houdini, and I'll never tap. Um, so, you know, it, pros and cons. I got my hand raised and defi- decisively. Uh, all the judges, one of the judges gave me 30-26, which means they thought in one round he didn't really do anything. Um, and you know what? The positive, I think, out of this is I, I'm – a couple of my training partners joke that I'm uh, really good – like my superpower, if it would be, is like the nullifier. I'm very good at nullifying anyone's uh, – what's it called? Ability. And I just got to add more to it. Uh, again, like I kind of said in the post-speech uh, – uh, post-fight speech where – you know, I've only been doing this in any capacity for seven, eight years, and six of those have been in the uh, as a professional, and four of those have been in a high pressure main stage of the UFC. So, growing and learning, and uh, I get my hand raised. And fifteen and two sounds a lot better than fourteen and two. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers to that. Obviously, um, are you pissed off that you didn't get to finish, or because the, the talent gets better as you move up, so it's going to be harder to finish, technically speaking. But did you think you were going to finish him? There was a couple of times where I wobbled him, uh, both with uh, kicks and hitting him to the head. There were a couple of times um, when I wa- I've watched the fight a couple of times since where I really think when I hit him, he just he wobbled. Um, and it just comes with more confidence in doing me. I think the day that I, uh, you know, the day that I'm as good as I am in training is the day that I can start becoming a top 10, top five fighters. So, it's just more more mat time, really. It's just not even in the gym. I mean, more cage time specifically. I the more I'm in the cage, and you know, I competed against someone that has been doing judo longer than I've been on this earth. So you know, tough game and opponent still at the in his fourth decade wanted to rip my head off. Um, you know, there are a lot of interesting matches going forward. Like you know, Jocko's an interesting one. Anthony Smith would be an interesting fight. Like those are again gamed opponents. Um, that we'll have to see. Um, obviously, there's also a uh, card in Winnipeg with two middleweight um, middleweight uh, 
fights. So that's four middleweights that are in not my hometown, but in my home country. And uh, I'll be, you know, after this week, I'm putting down the beer and looking to be uh, back in shape. And if one of those guys get injured, I'd happily step in 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 and uh, perform in uh, Winnipeg, especially because I don't need a visa and I won't get 30% of my paycheck taken uh, off the top uh, from taxes uh, when I do that. So did you, I mean, you just announced it now. Did you? Are you going to contact Sean Shelby and say, hey, I'll be ready uh, if you need me in Winnipeg? Well, no, that's what I just took the last two days. Uh, I'll, I, I'll definitely do that uh, right after this. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know you said you're, you're heading to Melbourne. What's going on over there? Uh, well, we'll see. Um, I'm with, like I said, the the, the parents and uh, the girlfriend. And it was just in Sydney. It was a little overcast, so we said to hell with it. Um, we'll just uh, we basically drove because you know flying over is not the same. And we went through like a really couple of cool um, uh, you know coastal areas. We drove along the coast. It took the longer route to Melbourne, but uh, we got to see some kangaroos already. So no complaints there. Are you, are you getting recognized after after uh, the fight with Dan? Yeah, a couple of hellos and a couple of boos, though. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? Go the pro re- <laughs> I love it. I, who knows? Um, you know, whether they, they cheer for you or boo you, they're still thinking about you, right? And no press is bad press. Well, I mean, I, I can ask you this next question as a media member or I could ask you as a friend uh, I'll do it as a friend please be careful take care of the family take care of the missus have yourself a wonderful time and I cannot wait for you to come back home boom we'll have a couple of these together so besides the victory Elias and Dan like kind of exchanged words before the fight yeah Dan called him started out of nowhere they were in an elevator and, and just started apparently confronting Elias, calling him two-faced, uh, and this, this, and that. It just didn't look good uh, for, for Elias. Elias is like, where is this coming from? I know we're getting close to the fight and you know, cutting weight and blah, 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 and it just got really, really hectic, and it got worse as time went on as they got closer to the fight. And then when they got into the cage, Dan wants to touch gloves, and Elias is like, what? Now you want to touch gloves? No, we're not touching gloves. So, And it just steamrolled from there and then instant heel in front of the public and all the viewers right that don't get to see that kind of stuff yeah i mean we had to know elias was gonna when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply we get booed there elias knew this was a fight he was going to win he knew it was a good fight for him he is awkward enough to cause problems for you never know who he's going to cause problems with i'd worry about if he faces a real powerful technical striker but i don't know how out of their element he can take them but uh he's he's made no bones about it he's very young in the sport and he's still working and evolving and changing and congrats to Elias. I'd like to stay unbiased, but I mean, the guy worked for us. Yes. He was an employee of fightful.com for quite a while. So, uh yeah, just uh, the middleweight division starting to get popping now too. You got Apollo Costa, you got guys like Elias who emerge. 
I don't think Leota Machida should be in that top 15. Isn't that miraculous that he is somehow in that division? Or he is somehow in that uh, in those rankings? Is he going to hang up those gloves or what? I don't think he will. I think he'll fight one more time at least. Yeah. These days, a lot of those guys just really like to hold on. Which, I mean, I guess they always have, haven't they? Yeah, holding on is one thing. But losing the way some of these guys are losing is a sign to say, okay, you know what? You got to go. It's 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 bad for your health. Fighting is bad for your health as is. Brain trauma is bad. Uh, the body can only take so much. There is a thing called MMA mileage on the body. Uh, and when you start getting knocked out that quickly and that efficiently, it's time to go. Guys like Rashad Evans, though, they're not getting knocked out. Yeah, They're just losing. They're just, for some reason, are, are unable to pull the trigger. The mind knows what it needs to do. The body just can't simply react and execute the way it's supposed to. So with Rashad Evans, I could see that. Um, with Rashad Evans wanting to move up to 205 pounds, a division that's fairly thin, per se, uh, with, with the middleweight division, obviously, he's, you know, in terms of competing at middleweight and losing to the guys that he's losing to that aren't top contenders, per se, going back to 205 pounds is a weird decision for me because it's like you left that division because you were having difficulties, a.k.a. Glover Teixeira, and then you go down to a division of 185, couldn't do very well over there with smaller fighters, but now you're going back up. It's It's got me a little concerned. Now, is that speed factor? If you weren't able to use that speed factor back then, that, you know, you're, you're a few years removed from those bouts at 205. You went down a middle way where you should have more power, didn't execute properly. Now you're going back up and hoping that speed is going to be there. So no matter what, I wish Rashad the best of luck. It sucks I didn't get to see him uh, while I was in Florida because, uh, you know, as everybody knows, I had my camera with me and I was ready to record anyone and everyone that was around. Um, it was something that was sort of, by the way, for those who don't know, not that it was frowned upon uh, before, but I had some conversations with uh, some people over at Titan. I said, look, man, Fightful MMA, I want to give these guys content. They're, they're the site that I work for. This is the team that I'm a part of, and I want to get as much content as I can, and I'm going to promote Titan. They just went, whatever you want. Do whatever you need. So for every Titan event, which is the next one's December 15th, about a month away, less than a month away, hopefully guys like Rashad Evans will be around, and I'll be able to get these quick three-minute interviews uh, so we can wrap up some content for the site because it's always fun. It's always great. Uh, Shorty Tor is another guy we'll talk about in a second. But oh, yeah. Rashad Evans, he, he's I – mean, you tell me. I mean I don't think you should hang him up. No, I mean, if he can make money doing it and he's still healthy and he he's not doing it just to do it, then yeah, sure, more power to him. I mean, he's I think he'll he'll do fairly well as a personality as an analyst afterwards. He's he kind of gets it to that degree, so so there's that, but I mean, maybe he beats a Rogerio Nogueira if he doesn't get suspended forever. Maybe he beats I don't know, Patrick Cummins or something. But and that those are top ten, top eleven guys right now. Didn't Lil Nog say he's going to sue Usada? Yeah, he says a lot of things. He's still in the rankings. I don't know how he's still in the rankings after he got pulled, but I, I don't blame Rashad Evans. And if he wants to go to Bellator, that door is wide open, wide open. Yeah, and he can compete at heavyweight there, and he might do okay there too. So the, he's got options. It's it's amazing how many options a guy like that has. All you got to do is win a UFC title, and all of a sudden you're set for life in MMA, pretty much. Like mm -hmm. as Bellator's around, as long as they're around, then you've got you've got that option. 
But this light heavyweight uh, division, I don't blame him for a couple of reasons. One being that their number two ranked fighter got arrested in Florida on Saturday, Joe. Do you have anything to do with that? Uh, zero, because I was uh, in the air flying here. But uh, I, I, I made some calls, sent some texts, see if anyone will talk. And everyone is right now doing this, closing their mouths, saying, nope, can't talk, can't talk. Yeah. I said, you know, what happened? Can you can you tell me if it was at least a self-defense scenario? Can't tell you. Can't do it. Just I don't want anything out there. I'm like, it's just I want to get it out there. I want some more information. I know Vulcan's a great guy. Uh, but from some of the people and the information that I got, uh, it was a situation potentially, allegedly, uh, of some guy trying to be a tough guy and put Vulcan in a precarious situation. And Vulcan was like, screw this. I saw a headline from MMA gonna... Junkie that says that the person assaulted said that he was knocked unconscious. And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? I mean, if Ozdemir hits you, then yeah, that's what happens. I don't know. And like I said in the news update video, youtube.com slash Fightful, we put it on our companion piece. We had the mug shot up there and everything. So dramatic. UFC does like to wait a little bit before they decide to punish somebody or stand with them because UFC's backed up several of their fighters in situations like this because, unfortunately, there are situations where people think they can test UFC fighters and test people all like time. that all the time. Back in the day of pro wrestling, you used to hear stories about Bill Watts and guys like that. If they got into a fight at the bar, they had to win it or they lost. If news got out that they got their asses kicked at a bar, see ya. Like, what What good are they in the wrestling territory anymore? So people would, people would cause fights all the time. If you read old books from, like, I think Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell maybe, you hear, or I think it was Randy Couture's book, he tells the story of Chuck Liddell, like, just knocking out guy after guy after guy at, at a bar who tried to come and start crap with him. Like, I've got plenty of stories uh, of UFC and <clears throat> mixed martial arts in general that I have been uh, affiliated with, associated with, been in contact with, hung out with uh, at various uh, locales across North America. And I can attest wholeheartedly there are always people that realize who they are and try and start things. Once that alcohol gets infused into the bloodstream, everybody's a tough guy. And nine times out of ten, some of these fighters aren't hammered. They're not drunk. And they're like, nope, 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 nope. I remember one time someone tried to start uh, with Nick Diaz. When Nick Diaz was with us, I think it was in Oklahoma or in Dallas. If it was Oklahoma, it was the the Battlegrounds uh, eight-man tournament. Um, I don't think it was a bottle that was thrown our way, but like, liquid was thrown our way. And it was like, I'm like, I'm next to a Diaz. This is not <laughs> going to end well at all. And the good thing was, it was Nick that was just kind of like, it was, I think it was myself, Nick, Rick Lee, and a few other, and the promoter of the event. And it was just one of those, not going to happen. Let's just get out of here. And and I, I've seen it. I mean, Michael Johnson and other guys in Winnipeg, uh, that was a scary scenario, Sean. I can tell you that for sure. Um, 20 guys, maybe. And like four of us, and I'm like a media guy with <laughs> three fighters. I'm like, this is not happening. I want to get out of here. Everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. Um, and I can tell you something like, Michael Johnson, you don't want to mess with that guy. That guy there will throw down anywhere, oh, yeah. anytime. Anywhere, anytime. And, and trying to calm him down, that was fun. That was fun. And then eventually some other people got wind of it, and then it, it became more of an even scenario. But I'm like, man, this is the streets, guys. People have guns. You, you guys are nuts. Let's just relax. 
relax and have a good time. That's all it was. So, but yeah, I, I can tell you, uh, I know guys from my old gym, a uh, hundred fifteen pounder, one hundred twenty five pounder, soaking wet. That would be the the cause of complete chaos whenever someone started to, to mess around with the team. Smallest guy would go in there, just dummy people, just dummy people, and we're like, no, nah, well, I think we got to leave now. This isn't good. So it happens all the time. People always think, you know, I've had people challenge me, Sean, on numerous. You're the UFC guy, Sportsnet. Oh, yeah. What do you know about fighting? I said, well, I know a lot about fighting. Doesn't mean I can actually going to physically fight you. Yeah, it's just like holy. Smokes. One day I'm going to do a street fight stories segment on Fightful. This weekend. I am breaking down the best Black Friday fights. Oh, that's right. Are you really going to do that? Oh, hell like, historically, yeah. I'm gonna... Historically or what's going to happen this Friday that Probably ends up on social media? this Friday. I may go back and look at some old ones. Uh, i got to do st- stuff that won't get us like copyrighted, which most of that stuff is just cell phone. People throw it up. They don't yeah. care. But with the, after the success of the AJ Green NFL fight video, I was like, okay, I can, I can break this down. But uh, you mentioned the Diaz brothers. News emerged last week, Nate Diaz starting a camp. I suggested, well, probably either Ferguson or Woodley. I said that they were absolutely, the UFC absolutely was going to announce a UFC 219 fight last week. That happened in Cyborg Holmes, so listen to you boys. But I, I got to be completely honest with you, Joe. I don't have a damn bit of interest in Tyron Woodley, Nate Diaz, because I know exactly how it'll go. True. I mean, I got interest in Nick Diaz versus Tyron Woodley. I, th- I think it'd go the same exact way. Pressed up against the cage, dragged down, that's that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I just, I mean, the one thing I think a Diaz brother will bring to Woodley is, is a bit more action because they don't care about getting, um, I mean, Nick Diaz's interview with, with Joe Rogan at the weigh-in versus BJ Penn was one of the most sincere crisp answers that a fighter could ever give um, when asked the question, what can we expect from you tomorrow night? And his answer was simply to the, you know, not verbatim, but to the point where it's like, I trained to get my ass whooped. Yeah. It says a lot about a fighter's character when it's not about, I'm going to do this to you. I don't care what he's going to do. I'm going to do that. And his answer was strictly, I trained to get my ass whooped for for 25 minutes, meaning I'll take whatever you can give me until you break. I'll break you. And that's what the Diaz brothers generally, sometimes they win, sometimes they lose, but they'll bring it. And I think even if it's Nate, and I know Tyron is much bigger than Nate, much stronger than Nate, I think Nate's going to bring it to him. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I think that initially maybe he'll pepper him a couple, he'll pepper Woodley a couple times getting inside. Woodley's going to go for deep doubles and. Diaz won't be able to stop him, and I think that's it. Because, And then afterwards, we'll get the same Nate Diaz. He didn't want to fight. He wanted to wrestle promo. That's what we'll get. And set up the Nick Diaz fight shortly thereafter. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think Nick Diaz will fight. for. He might not ever fight again. Why doesn't he want to fight again? I just want to see him come back. I always love Nick Diaz, man. Always been just a super nice guy to me. Great interviews all the time. Just want to see him fight, man. Am I wrong in this? You don't want to no, see him fight? I, I do want to see him fight. I just don't want to deal with the the BS. Just either fight or don't fight. Don't play the hokey pokey with it. Tired of that. Tired of that. You think he's got enough money that he's like, you know what? We're good. With that I, I don't. Beat. I don't. But for like for him, I think he can make it work. 
And maybe he, I'm sure he fights again. It's just, it's a pain to get there. Uh, it's a pain to get Kat Zingano back in the cage, but she's doing it. And I like the opponent, Caitlin Vieira. You like this fight, huh? I do. I do because, you know, there were all these conversations about, well, you could, you could put Cat in the title fight. No, you can't. You can't put Cat in a title fight. She doesn't, she hasn't won since before her last title fight. And that was two and a half, it was almost three years ago. By the time she gets in the cage, it, she'll have not won a fight. It'll be 2018. The last time she won a fight was 2014. You can't give somebody a title fight based on that. Uh, she's she just doesn't win fights anymore. She doesn't fight anymore. She fought April 2013, September 2014, February 2015, July 2016, and not once since. Like, I hope she gets in there and she's in there with a number eight ranked woman who could compete at 145 if she wanted to. Kat Zingano can compete at 145 if she wants to. Now, here's the thing. If she beats Vieira, sure, you could run home versus Kat Zingano or home versus Cyborg at 145. Why not? It's the celebrity division. True. Can I, can I just take a step back for one moment? Kyler James makes an extremely valid point. If Diaz wins, this is in the live chat, guys and girls. If Diaz wins, the Connor trilogy will be interesting Connor trilogy is interesting no matter what, but yeah, that's that's the if the belt. Nate Diaz was able to win that title, oh yeah, that changes things. That makes things makes things pretty wild. That would be absolutely insane because Connor would jump on that in a heartbeat. Oh hell yeah, he would. That, above everything because he knows that's a real possibility, and yeah, of course, <laughs> that would put that fight at. 170, and he's said many times that he wants to fight at 155. Mm-hmm. Are we selling Wolf tickets right now? Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think Diaz beats Woodley, man. There's nothing to indicate to me that Diaz, Nate Diaz could give Nate Wood, or Tyron Woodley any problems at all. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I just, I'd love to see it. I really would love to see it. I think it's going to be hilarious. I'm putting just all love my it. money. I'm putting, emptying the bank account to put it on Tyron Woodley in that fight. I would suggest you never, ever do that ever in your life on any sporting event whatsoever. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. I've seen people make mistakes like that. Um, yeah, Katzengano. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for her, especially with her story and what she's been through so much. Um, you know, huge fan. Always nice to me again. Um, like to see her have another run. I would. Now, obviously, it's not going to be easy, uh, but it, it, it's going to take some time. I mean, it, with, with her winning, uh, I heck, I miss Misha Tate. Misha Tate ain't coming back, but yeah. Brian Caraway's out of his fight. What's up with that? Yeah, shocker. Color me surprised. Brian Caraway pulled out or turned down a fight. Another dude who just does not compete, does not fight. My God, this guy. Hasn't fought since May 2016. I think at one time I counted he has... Like, there are like six or seven different people that he's passed up fights with. He passed up fighting Cody Garbrandt last year because he said that a win wouldn't do anything for his career. Can you imagine that? Oh? imagine that? That's insane. Like, that's just... I don't know, man. When I, I remember that vividly. Caraway pulled out yesterday, he pulled out in January, like just 
Caraway pulled out uh, against Lucas Martins before. Like, uh, let's say he pulled out against Mike Easton. Who else did he pull out? He pulled out against Dustin Neese. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. This, like, I can... When they're like 10 to a dozen times in your UFC career, when you can point at and say, he he refused to fight this person or he withdrew, I don't know what you're doing, man. I don't know what you're doing. Your luck can't be that bad. People yeah. asking if Caraway is still with Misha, no. They, they hit Splitsville this year. Interesting. All right. What do you want to talk about? Shanghai? Yeah. Oh, did we did we close off the uh, the Vulcan Uzdemir situation? I mean, what's your take on it? I don't know. I gotta get the facts, man. It's hard for me yeah. to know. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. Uh, before we get to to the Shanghai, uh, obviously, with myself being in Florida, having called every single one of Shorty Torres's fights, uh, I want to know uh, anyone in the chat, uh, especially you, Sean, uh, as my co-host, did you have a chance to watch that fight? I didn't have a chance to watch the fight yet, but. Uh... Man, that guy to get to get that win is he's a double champion. One twenty five, one thirty five jumps back and forth between the two. The UFC, as he told you, said, "Give us a call after this, and we'll figure something out for you." This is his first full year as a professional fighter, like from beginning of the year to end. Like he he debuted in March two thousand sixteen. All of his fights are in Titan. All of them on Fight Pass. Yeah. That's handy. We UFC's see. gotta yeah. like that. Perhaps uh, the most, perhaps the most impressive win to me was over, and he was FC. Looks like it's back up. Okay. Uh, as well, worst. Yeah, sorry, to- sorry for the streaming issues, guys. If if there are any, we'll 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 talk some. We'll talk Torres Shanghai exclusives and wrap this show up. All right, uh, Torres. I haven't heard anything just yet. If he's got the call from the UFC, I know his uh, his left cheekbone needs to heal up, as do his fists and his and his hands and his or and his uh, his legs, because that was one tough ass fight uh, versus Gleason de Jesus. Uh, fantastic fight. It was. We were joking afterwards about the fight when we said, uh, you know, that you're allowed to move your head in mixed martial arts. He's like, I know. I know. It was one of those situations uh, where, you know, but Shorty will never quit, man. Shorty will never, ever quit no matter what type of adversity he is under. He will find a way to win, Sean. He's going to find a way to win, and yeah. he found a way to win. He, he knows he lost that first round because um, Gleason came out hard, man, hard and fast, and, and, and Shorty's like, all right, we'll figure this out, and you saw the momentum switch uh, as they got from, I guess, the third to the fourth round, because uh, Jesus started slowing down, and Shorty never slows down, he just kept going, and then eventually did what he had to do, uh, but yeah, it was funny in that first round, it was like, I think he's one who told me afterwards, like, I, I forgot that I'm allowed to move my head, right, and did pretty good, especially, I mean, when you're, when you're sparring with Cub Swanson, and TJ Dillashaw on a regular basis, your head movement is very important. Okay, I'm just saying, oh, yeah. it's very important. Now, obviously, you're fighting a guy like Gleason who trains with uh, the likes of opponents that you know Shorty was supposed to compete against. Um, it's a different style, 
right? But, you know, Shorty did what he had to do, emerged victorious, and then did that fantastic job. And I don't know if he, you say he called out the UFC, but he basically said, what do you want? What else do you guys want me to do? I'm undefeated. I win one title. You didn't call me. I move up. I win that title. You didn't call me. I defend it. I beat UFC fighters. What do you need from me? I keep doing this. I'm winning. What's up? So, yeah, you spoke. You spoke to him. It's on our YouTube and our exclusive section, fightful.com/slash/mma/slash/exclusives. You can head over to fightfulmma.com. We have a a link up for all that stuff. Lots of other stuff too. Uh, Frank Camacho, ahead of his fight of the night performance, spoke to James Lynch about his drop to 155 pounds. Former Ultimate Fighter winner Efren Escudero revealed the exclusive details of his ACB contract. Now, you may think, oh, what the hell's ACB? It doesn't matter that much. By all Mm -hmm. indications, they are the third biggest promotion in MMA right now. Uh, He told us how long the deal was and some specifics of it, too, which I always love for James and uh, Joe to get contract information. That's always fascinating to me. We have the story up of last week's uh, show when Sean Pearson compared the UFC championship to the million dollar championship. Yeah. Joe spoke to uh, Titan FC executive Lex McMahon about Conor McGregor for uh, and the Bellator incident. James Lynch spoke to Chase Sherman, emerging heavyweight, about UFC Shanghai this weekend, his fight uh, that, that, that comes up this weekend. It's a big one for, for Chase Sherman, too. Kamaru Usman says that Colby Covington and George Masvidal both turned down fights with him. We have our pros pick for this week in UFC Shanghai. Tons of uh, tons of fighters give their picks, including Chase Sherman, Jason Knight, Amanda Bobby Cooper, uh, Mirshar, Dominic Reyes, Scott Holtzman, like all kinds of people, uh, pros giving their analysis, their picks. We have our Fightful MMA rankings. And Bellator champion Julia Budd says that Talita Noguera passed up a title fight with her as well. All that and more over at FightfulMMA.com in our exclusive section. Hot diggity damn UFC Shanghai is this weekend. I guess we got to do – what time does that show over? Uh, if it starts at 7 a.m. Eastern, I'm going to go with 10 a.m. Eastern. Are we going live after that? <laughs> We're not going live after that. <laughs> I was just going to see what your reaction we was. We will do an early afternoon show. On Saturday? On Saturday, yeah. Okay. Uh, because, uh, let's be real, we will probably, the fights that you and I will talk about are probably Chase Sherman and Shamil, can't pronounce his name, maybe the the Curran yawn fight, I don't know if it if it's good. Guan Ciceris, Jing Lang Atau maybe because we interviewed him, and Bisping Gaslam. It'll be a very abbreviated show. We might be looking at a 20 to 30 minute podcast for that. I was one. just going to say because my schedule stipulates I have to be at a baby's birthday party or a one-year-old birthday party. Ooh, so what we time's will, that? Will, 2 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour drive, so maybe we'll do something at noon. Uh, I, I might go live myself. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not feeling too hot these days. I don't know how. Uh, oh, you need your sleep. Yeah, I'm. At, well, it's not that. I don't. I just don't. We'll. We'll see. I. I. There will be a show. There will be a yeah. show. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll be watching. I'll be up. Uh, I wouldn't say Jesus, Sean. Bright and early at 4 a.m. Yeah. That ain't happening. But I'll, I'll get up and just pot a coffee, turn the TV on, hey, watch guys, the fights. David Tease will be. He'll be up covering that thing live for us from the first prelim to the the main event. Good for him. 
There's really and, one. There's really one fight to talk about here. Oh, another fightful exclusive. Zach Atal said that his contract is up after this fight. Bisping versus Gastelum. That's the only fight we have to really break down. It's the only fight of any remote consequence at all outside of the Chase Sherman Shamil fight. Chase and, Sherman. That's an important fight. Yeah. And that's that's like who's going to hit who first type of thing. True. Um, Gastelum's a minus three twenty five favorite uh, over Michael Bisping, who's at plus two sixty five. Uh, what say ye? That's a what, heavy. What was the fade? line again? Sorry. Minus minus three twenty five for Kelvin Gastelum, plus two sixty five for Michael Bisping. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I that reach of Michael Bisping, like it says four inches, but come on. Come on now. It's it's going to tell a much different story than that. I don't know if Gastelum's wrestling gives Bisping much trouble. Like, I, I don't. I mean, I don't see Gastelum's wrestling near GSP level, but this is an interesting fight. And you know what? It's a fight that I think that Michael Bisping can win, too. I really yeah. do. I think he can I, win I think this fight. he can. You know, at some point we have to give Michael Bisping some damn credence for being a mixed martial artist. Yeah, he's right? a good one too. Very yeah, good one. Middleweight, former middleweight champion of the world. Knocked out Luke Rockhold, beat Anderson Silva. You know, gave George St. Pierre some fits, cut him open with the elbows from guard. Right? Like, Which your boy predicted. Yeah, right? So it I mean, let's give Bisping some credence. This plus two sixty five on Bisping to me, uh so my I just thought about what am I gonna do with this fun bets video? <laughs> this show here. Ah, <laughs> oh, you guys are killing me. Uh, Jimmy Van, I love you. I'll do it. We'll figure something out here. Um, but Bisping, to me, that's value. Plus 265? Straight up? Yeah, that's a solid one. I wonder what it is for a finish, too. I mean, I don't know if Bisping will finish it, but Bisping will probably still have the cardio. And despite having those giant balls that he has to carry those around during this fight, because the fact that he took this fight is incredibly gutsy, I'm going to be bummed when this guy retires in March. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's just always been there. He's just always been there through through a couple of different MMA booms, and he has survived. And By all accounts, weird, weird there's, there's no props on a Bisping or a Gaslam finish via TKO or submission, but Gaslam to win inside the distance, obviously by any finish, is a minus 144. Ooh, Bisping to win inside the distance is plus 629. Can he finish Gasolum? I don't see Gasolum finishing Bisping here, unless there's just some like some long-lasting. Well, you know, what? maybe he will because it's been a week and a half. God damn, man, this one's a hard one. This one's a tough one. It's a real pick'em. I, I don't think the line does it justice. There are so many just factors that I. That, that you have to take in, like where where's Michael Bisping's head at? How does he feel physically? How will Kelvin Gastelum look at this weight facing a guy with that type of a reach advantage? But we've got all the coverage this weekend, and even though it's Thanksgiving on Thursday, Joe, we're putting you to work, so to speak. You're going to be on the MMA Industry Podcast with James Lynch. The fix is in. The American fix is in. Get the Canadians to work on Thanksgiving Thursday or Thanksgiving week. 
punish the Canadians for celebrating Thanksgiving a month early. I would rather celebrate it a month early. I don't know. Maybe not because it, it gives me a definitive point to where I can start watching Christmas movies. Oh, well, there you go. Like I can officially start watching Die Hard 1 and Die Hard 2. Like November twenty third, twenty fourth. Like that's what I can do. Christmas so, stuff all over the place up here, man. Everywhere is Christmas already. Yeah. I'm like, my wife is all over me about putting up the Christmas lights. I'm like, I don't want to get on that ladder. They have these new things. You put them in the ground. You plug them into the wall, and it lights up the house. She just looked at me. She <laughs> said, "My wife's big on that up. too." And our house is super old, man. Like super old. So. She's all for decorating, but she also panics that our house might burn down because we are actively – well, we're kind of actively saving to move hopefully in a couple of years, hopefully. But right now, like we, we did a situation where when I was in school, she was earning more money, and now that I'm earning more money, she's in school. We kind of lean on each other in that regard. So we're, I'm kind of staying afloat right here as we do this. So I'm like, hey, we don't need to spend a bunch of money on these decorations. We just need to keep it simple. Keep it simple. And then hopefully we can move somewhere where we can decorate and she won't worry about the house burning down. Fair. And her I mean, I, mean, I, I, I there's no way I could have that that discussion with, with with my other half. She would lose her marbles because according to her, this house needs to look like something out of a crazy ass Christmas movie. Uh, it's, it's constant decorating here during the, um, Halloween season or the autumn season. It's a big, looks like a big harvest in this house. Every room has this or that, blah, blah. It's that people come over. Oh my God, such a nice, uh, two minutes later, it all comes down and all the Christmas stuff comes up and I'm like, Oh God, I don't want to go outside. So, and it was pretty cold this morning. It's going to be colder over the next two days, but your boy, Sean has to get up on a ladder and go all across the front of my house. Oh no way! Put those Christmas lights up. No Hate chance. It. No chance here. Hate Somebody it. asks, does Sean Ross Sapp have to work on Christmas with Raw being on the twenty fifth? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, we like I said, I, I like the way it was constructed up. Um, somebody says, hoping that Sean gets extra pay courtesy of the million dollar van. Oh, that's a good the million that's, dollar van. That's that's brilliant. I like that. Good Jimmy pays judgment. me well. I he pays me well, and I put in the hours to reflect that as well. But this week, even though it's Thanksgiving, we're not going to be without coverage. I'm going to do a podcast that releases this Thursday night, uh, where I basically talk about how I would change some things about the WWE Royal Rumble. Register at Fightful.com, and you will have members only access to that. It's absolutely free. Uh, nothing. To hold you back from doing that, we run contests all the time. Uh, so we're not leaving you without an MMA podcast either because James Lynch has that MMA industry podcast that I think is just such a a wonderful resource because I get to find out how other people do it too. And I get to take the best aspects of that and apply it to what I do. I was on there the first week talking about how I got into pro wrestling and MMA coverage, how I made it my living. We had Aaron from TSN on there talking about UFC 217 week. And how mind-boggling and how busy it can be to cover a massive event like that. James was on there talking about his own experiences. Uh, the following week, we had an MMA manager talking that side. And then we got Showdown Joe this week. So there are so many different aspects and geographical locations and different ways that 
James is able to approach this when he talks to people that I think it's it's great. I'm hoping I can be on there again because there's just it is a great great concept and it was funny because Jim or J or God too many J's too many Canadian J's on this website. Joe, when I finished my first podcast with James Lynch, I said to him, I was like, yeah, I had a lot of ideas, like maybe doing an, like a, a wrestling industry podcast. And he was like, dude, I had the same idea for the, for the MMA side of things. So you could also see that on the pro wrestling side soon. You all have to check that out. That is such an underrated podcast. Of course, Joe does new video updates. I do video updates. You all need to be subscribing you need to head over to Fightful.com, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. And if you want to buy a Sean Ross Sapp shirt, you can go over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross Sapp through Christmas. All of the profits to any shirt I sell from there goes to uh, help fund local coat and toy drives in my area. Hot diggity damn, I am in the Christmas spirit. The people <laughs> have spoken, Joe. Every year, my raw co-host Alex gets in the holiday spirit. He wore a turkey hat. He wears Christmas sweaters. They want me to to show up, Alex, as in the Christmas sweater department next Monday. I'm doing it. Are we doing it for for, for our show the week of? Oh, we should. We should. Let me let me take a look at the uh, old calendario. What do we have there? Uh, oh, it's going to be exactly one week before. Xmas, which is, we'll be on the nineteenth. Christmas sweater day on the nineteenth. Oh hell yeah! I may reuse the one that I'm going to wear next week because it's so good. It's so good. I I've so I've got one that that we bought uh, last year for a celebration we had here called Friendsgiving, which is basically yeah. the American Thanksgiving. It's after our Thanksgiving, but it's before Christmas. Uh, last we called year it Friendsgiving. And it was mandatory for all guests to show up at the household wearing a Christmas sweater. Yeah. So my wife ended up getting me one, and I'm like, I don't mind it. It's pretty cool. Then, for some reason, when I did a search for you know, Google Works, I did a search for Christmas sweaters. There's an actual site out there that has legit cool-ass, ugly Christmas shirts or Christmas sweaters. Wait till you see mine. Oh, boy. Well, I know you're going to outdo me. Mine's just – I like mine. It's, it's kind of cool. Just we'll see. wait. Till you see mine. Gotta find Monday night, November twenty seventh. Fightful dot com. The sweater will be unveiled, my friend, <laughs> and then you all get to see it throughout December. I might wear it every Monday. I might wear it on every podcast when we do the uh, when we do the Independence Day week shows. I always try to wear something incredibly patriotic, but whoo. But that's it, guys. Joe, anything you want to tell the people before we go? Nope. Going to write some pieces out uh, this week. I'll, I'll try and get the UFC Shanghai uh, Fun Bets video. It's not going to be the most jam-packed one, but I'll find some stuff out there uh, that we can discuss. I'll get it out as soon as possible. Uh, and, yeah, and that's about it. It's a wrap, man. And uh, we'll look forward to a quick abbreviated show on Saturday. Yeah, I ain't feeling too hot this week, but every week. Within a week of Thanksgiving, something happens. Like 2014, CM Punk spoke out for the first time oh, yeah. since leaving WWE. 2015, John Jones spoke out for the first time since his hit and run. 2016, John Jones spoke out for the first time since his USADA failure. So I wonder what's going to happen Thanksgiving week or within a week of Thanksgiving this year. I just wonder what it's going to be. 
A lot of sites aren't going to have stuff up. They're not going to have new content up this week, this weekend. That ain't Fightful.com, my friends. We do not rest. We've got features, exclusives, interviews, columns, podcasts, news, all that good stuff. Guys, I want to thank you all so much. Follow us at Fightful Online. You can also see our handles down below. Until next time, we're out.